Hello. Hello. That was interesting. <laughs> well, since, you know, we go right into the recording straight out of the cold open, I figured I would, you know, mix it up a little oh, bit, throw some well, flavor in it. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we do that, sometimes we don't. We, we, we always do that. Yeah, basically. I, I hear I uh, cold opens are bad, though. Yeah, so. you're not supposed to do that. There needs to be a mutually agreed upon starting point for yeah. all things to be uh, useful and equal. Yeah, um, hello, Mr. Useful. I'll be Mr. Equal. No? Uh, sure. I don't know how to be useful, though. Oh, well, I don't know how to be equal, because I can only be judgmental and look down upon things from on high. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, what better person to declare uh, the, the equality of various things? I, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, it's, it's almost like I'm, you know, the city governor of uh, some far future land who might be corrupt. <laughs> Is that what he was? He was governor? They said city gov a couple times which i'm interpreting as the governor of the city of the the larger than normal metropolitan area um but who could say well his so, character is just dr raymond cocteau yeah and he also runs the cryo freezing facility for con but for some reason doesn't seem to know anything about the time when Sylvester Stallone was active, even though he seems to have already been running that cryo facility. I mean, maybe it was his dad that set it up, and he's he's just inherited it from his dad. Yeah, when when they uh, when they flash forwarded or whatever, and the the warden had the same name, I thought it was like the warden's son or something. But no, it was just the warden because he was really old. Because it wasn't quite seventy years. Yeah, it was thirty. What thirty six? Yeah, thirty six. Yeah. I, Stallone wound up being 74, according to math of the movie. So, you know, there you go. Well, it's, you know, it's all very stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, try not to pay too much attention to when Los Angeles was destroyed in <laughs> the Great Earthquake, because they get it two different ways in this film. One, in, in some ways, it's destroyed in 2010, and in some other ways, it's destroyed in 2011. So, uh, Sure. But uh, but Cogto somehow came to power, and convinced everyone that his fascist re- regime was a uh, was the way to go, and uh, brainwashed all the people. Uh, so they they don't say bad words, and they they sing commercial jingles as oldies, and they don't eat chocolate. And uh, Dennis Leary lives underground and eats rat burgers. So, sounded pretty good. Yeah. There's a. There's a there's a thread of an interesting idea in this movie. I think I actually like the idea of this movie a lot more than I like the movie. Ah, I like the movie a lot. <laughs> well, not like not like as like a an active enjoyment, more of just like a ha ha, this is silly kind of thing. It's it's not oh, like a yeah no no no. This is not going on the AFI whatever list. This is <laughs> this is just for funsies. Um, yeah. yeah, this this is not uh, this is not high cinema. No, 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 no. Um, in many ways, this is uh, sort of like Brave New World meets uh, a Batman and Joker story. Like, it, it is not, it, it's not for real deep thinkers. Uh, and somewhat uh, hilariously, some of the reviews for this are uh, nerds who are super upset about how this is an er- interpretation of a, Aldous Huxley's uh, Brave New World and that the book is way better than this movie. And it's like, you guys know this isn't really like, 
that's not that's not how this works. That that wasn't like a one to one adaptation. Um, but uh, but they they do acknowledge those references inside of the film. For instance, Detective Huxley, uh, Lena Huxley, uh, played by uh, uh, Sandra Bullock, who was the inspiration, the muse, if you will, for why this film was selected, along with a. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, who was the other muse, if you will, for why this this film was selected, because we had previously talked about the both of them in prior episodes. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Um, in the book, did anyone wear like a, like a day glow neon wig that was kind of on sideways most of the time? Uh, no, because I never read the book. <laughs> oh, okay. Also, I, I I got the impression it was more of like a Edwardian Victorian kind of a thing. I don't know. Mm. Um, well, the um. It's interesting you brought up a couple of those references. Like I, I was going to make a Batman reference to this because this very much feels like, uh, like a Keaton style Batman era movie of cheesiness that could use like a Christopher Nolanization revitalization of the the concept. I think because I think th- some of the ideas in this movie are are kind of interesting. You know, the idea of you know the world's so bad that the pendulum swings back in the other direction so far that the world is you know completely unprepared for when uh, this this horrible terrorist character shows up and they need to revive somebody equally bad. I mean, this is also basically, I mean, the cheese, they, they took a cheesy movie and made it even cheesier when they did Austin Powers. But uh, I, I think that <laughs> th- those ideas are kind of interesting. You know, like what happens in the grand scope of the world if uh, we, we go so far in the other direction and we, you know, where do we balance it out and where do we draw the line of what is acceptable and, you know, some things we just have to live with uh, in society. So th- those ideas are interesting, but uh, in this movie, it's all very terrible with Taco Bell logos on clear plastic <laughs> tubs full of Cheetos or whatever that was. I-, I like, I like the, I like the farce of that, 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 that <laughs> sure. amuses me. It's, I, like, a, it's amusing, but like, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- this is, the, this is the Keaton Batman and I would like to see the Nolan Batman version of this movie. No, this really isn't even the Keaton Batman. Like, uh, the the musical score is by uh, the guy who would go on to do uh, the scores for uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. Um, okay, so yeah, it's probably closer to Batman and Robin or Batman Forever in terms of horribleness. Yeah, if you heard the the like horns flaring up uh, and down and things clashing around, it's it's very similar to the musical scores of those. Uh, later productions because um, those what, what were they 95 and 97 or something like that uh, or 96 uh, and and the, oh I think it was 94 and 96 uh, but I could be mistaken and so those were you know that's sort of the silly comedy element of this and this is sort of in that vein of of this is action but it's not taken seriously at all by any anyone involved including the people inside of the film um simon simon phoenix is uh larger than life uh sadistic sociopathic character who in many ways resembles the joker uh and and several other batman villains just cackling away uh and 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 he's actually great at that character too oh wesley snipes is hilarious and uh just a just a big old barrel of laughs i i i enjoy wesley snipes uh in this role and it's possibly like perfectly tailored for him like he's just running around in the playground of this world just destroying things because it amuses him and he's talking to himself like you know a kid playing around in the playground and just like blowing stuff up and hitting people and i mean there's a lot of murder involved in it too but he's just like frolicking about in this this garden of eden that is in front of him yeah but it's interesting because we see a couple of glimpses to his his 
true intelligence that's lying underneath the surface because uh at the beginning of the film once once we go over the burning hollywood sign um and into the it's gotta be burning i mean it's yeah. always burning it's metal right so it would burn for like a really long time of course <laughs> they once we go over that into the destroyed uh i, I guess hollywood area um because i'm assuming that's where it would be next to the hollywood hills although yeah, all, it, all of hollywood looks like it turned into a giant parking lot just with a bunch of burning cars yeah i, I think it was supposed to be some plant in te- tennessee or something that they got or kentucky that they got oh, the, is that the kentucky area that they shot in did you look at the yeah. location list for this movie by the way uh, well, I didn't need to most of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. I, I looked at it yeah. to confirm. It's like, oh, yeah, L.A. Convention Center for sure. And then I'm like, I don't think that's the L.A. Convention Center. That looks a lot like the San Diego. Oh, that is the San Diego Convention yeah. Center. Okay, then. So all the great convention centers that are made out of glass and metal. <laughs> yeah, well, they all survived the great earthquake, uh, as, you, as you so helpfully pointed out to me earlier. And uh, I mean, glass can be replaced, but that metal uh, structure there is very light and airy and very strong. And the wind will just go through it. So it'll stay standing for a long time. Yeah, it's hard to burn it too. Um, so, uh, uh, but anyway, we we go over the the Hollywood sign and into the the battle zone, and the the uh, the cops, so to speak, are being like dropped from a helicopter, and uh, Stallone has like a beret on, just to give you some idea of how the LAPD is doing at the time, and uh, they they all go in and they bust up people, and Stallone has his. Uh, one to one, one on one with a with a uh, Simon Phoenix, and things are not going well. But you kind of start to piece together the fact that uh, he murdered everybody who was inside of that bus, laid all of their bodies inside of the building so that they wouldn't show up on the thermal scans that they did to see if there was anyone alive, and then uh, blew it all up so that way it would look like so- uh, that uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone had. Uh, recklessly endangered all of those lives and killed all of those people in the destruction of this building. Which would have been a great plan, except he got caught too. Yeah, well, but that's sort of the the Joker Batman aspect of it is is like uh, he, he's he's almost like uh, proud and flirting that he's he's done this thing that he's he's captured uh, uh, John Spartan in this this maneuver. Um, I don't think either one of them were expecting the cryo facility that they both wound up at. Uh, I think that was that was a unique wrinkle to the plan. Um, yeah, as they, they say later in the film, they were some of the first subjects to to go into the cryo facility. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon Phoenix, the Joker, very very chaotic and laughy and what have you. But yeah, uh, he, he's having a lot of fun, and later on he gets a cool tire costume. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What else are you gonna do with the uh, used tires? You recycle them. Um, hmm. <laughs> you didn't care for his outfit. It was uh, it was it was very Mad Max leftover kind of stuff. It, it mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of the the new Mad Max movie too. Wasn't he wearing stuff made out of tires? Sure, I don't even remember. <laughs> were, they, were, they, were they wearing things? Um, but uh, so the, the you know you flash forward from that warden who is very young to an old warden and he's doing his uh, parole stuff, and Sandra Bullock is calling from her uh, futuristic car. Uh, over fiber op, which I don't know how they ran the wire from the car to the ground <laughs> to, the, to the place, but I'm assuming it's just... Well, the fiber just runs to the satellite yeah. and the satellite broadcasts it, you know. It's... Uh-huh, yeah. It, 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 well, see, the road is just made out of uh, 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 Bluetooth um, signal receptors, and so 
as she's driving over it. It's passing from one Bluetooth connection to another. Or maybe that's why the world is so bright and clean. The roads are made out of fiber optic cables, and there's like a direct transmission from the road straight up to the tires. Oh, yeah, like a trolley. Um, sure, exactly. So, <laughs> cable it's, car. It's basically San Francisco, <laughs> except with light. And, and apparently all of these uh, these vehicles that we see in the film uh, are these sort of like ultralight concept cars that GM had made. Mm. Uh, and they did like 18 of them and got them all back after the filming. Uh, they they at no point look like a car I would want to step inside of because they seem unsafe. Mm. Uh, but <laughs> I appreciate that they went through the effort yeah. of having like all of the cars in the backgrounds of the, the the driving shots also be futuristic cars. I kept peering out the back and expecting to see like a you know a Caprice go by or something, but no, they were all fancy, stupid looking things. Yeah, like a uh, you know Looper has all those old cars that sound like electric vehicles. Sure, because they the stuck sound. The, the pipe from the thing to the thing. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and then uh, they're problem solved. Yeah, but that's. You just gotta you gotta tweak it. You gotta upgrade. Uh, and uh, you know that Justin Timberlake movie where he's got the timer in his in his wrist or whatever. I didn't watch that. I didn't watch it either. But they they all had oldie cars too. But they were all electric things, and it it, it comes up every now and then because making cars is hard um, and expensive. I mean, yeah. why not retrofit it? It's already it's already got a like a chassis and four wheels. Just put a different thing in it. Yeah. Well, things are made to be upgraded these days. Oh, maybe that's why. I, they're all old cars is because our cars these days would be poorly suited to these sorts of upgrades. Uh, modular versus unibody. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Well, I was thinking like the fact that it has those, those fancy computers inside of it for the dashes and the, the consoles and yeah, like all those screens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not, not just like a second screen experience. They got five screens. Uh, were there only five? <laughs> I yeah. lost count. Uh, but so uh, she's calling to make sure there's nothing exciting happening is, is apparently part of her, her job to make this phone call. And uh, the the warden, you know, is all like, uh, no, be well. Everything's fine. Uh, exposition, nothing... exposition. We don't have yeah. problems like that anymore. Our society is great and wonderful. And she's very disappointed because apparently she's just uh, an action movie slash 90s junkie. And... Uh, Wishes she was born in a different area because she wants to see some action. But uh, no, everything's too everything's too lawful and too happy-go-lucky. And uh, the worst that happens in her world is that uh, some ro robotic graffiti is sprayed on a wall and then immediately cleaned off by another robot. Yes. <laughs> I love... When you first watch it, it's really confusing what's happening uh, because it's not at all evident how these spikes with electricity were burning off the paint. But uh, that 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 is what happened. Um, but it but the way they explain it later on when she's at the police station and she's upset they didn't call like an all points bulletin for the graffiti and and he's like you know there's no need like we have you know robots that remove this stuff like it's fine uh, and then of course the robot. Graffiti removal system comes up later on when uh, a cop stands in front of it, unfortunately, and gets a uh, gets a little zappied. Um, but you know, this this all leads up to uh, Simon Phoenix getting thawed, and then we have the Joker back, uh, and he knows things he shouldn't know, like teddy bear, uh, which <laughs> unlocks the the cuffs. Uh, yeah, a yeah. random word uh, being used to unlock your handcuffs. In a in a maximum security prison, probably not the safest way to go about your business. Yeah, like what if they were coming in? What if it was like a social worker was coming in to check on someone, and they were like, "So tell me about your childhood." And they're like, "Well, I used to have this teddy bear," and all of a sudden all the cuffs came off. 
And they'd just be like, oh, oh pretend you didn't hear anything. See, this, this is why when they train police dogs, they do it in German, because most people don't know German. Ah. Did you know that? No, but I remember Schnell, Schnell, which means, you know, faster, faster from, from Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, uh, the, all, all of the commands that they give the dogs are in German, because mm-hmm. most, most of the, the crooks they anticipate won't know how to tell the dog what to do in German. Oh. It's very, it's very clever. But what if I tell them to go faster, faster? Uh, well, <laughs> then the dog would just bite you faster. Oh, but I mean, it's it's better than like you know offering the dog a teddy bear and then suddenly he goes and attacks somebody. Oh, uh, I suppose that's true. Uh, so he escapes and then rather brutally removes the eyeball of the warden uh, because and, he knew that he needed the retina scanner. Yeah, and uses that for the retina scanner to get out of there. Uh, and it, it it is a rather jarring reveal for 1993, um, and especially because the action like. As good as Wesley Snipes is at like fighting and doing his like karate moves and stuff, uh, which he really is, uh, it's not shot particularly dramatically. And then, but he's doing his kicks and stuff, and it, it, it looks all very '90s actiony. And then all of a sudden, he's just got a, like a pen with an eyeball on it. Yeah, um, in, in a split diopter shot, which there are several in this movie. Yeah, it was a curious development. I was not expecting all of that. Uh, <laughs> I've I've seen this movie many times over several years, but uh, not in the last. 10 at least i would say Um, this is a terrible idea for a movie though because it's rated r it's like supposed to be silly kind of funny and action movie too but i think it's probably more silly and funny than it is action but there's just there's there's the violence and there's so much cursing which the cursing is like part of the plot or whatever but uh this is an r-rated movie like why why would you make this movie i mean they would they would never make this movie r now but like why would you make this movie r back then well never say never deadpool yeah, well, I guess I don't know. This isn't this is no Deadpool. No, I'm I'm not saying it is. I haven't seen it, but uh, I'm just saying you know they make our movies that are, you know, able to make money. Uh, and so th- there's no there's no reason to assume that this wouldn't have made money, and this made 116 million. Um, so it, you know it's it's no it's no money loser for Warner Brothers at the time, uh, and. It was the '90s. You can make lots of risks and and take a lot of chances and do things. And the least risky thing you could do was have Wesley Snipes in your movie. Um, and you could you could even have a a weird director who's mostly known for his photo collages be the. I was person. gonna say, uh, what happened to this director? He did like two things after this, and then appears to have disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, he just says photo collages. Can. Can you clarify what you mean by that? Because I'm very confused. I, look, I looked him. I looked him up on Wikipedia. I was like, I don't know anything about this guy. And then he's like, Oh, he just does photo collages. Okay, not not to besmirch the career of a photo collages, but uh, I was <laughs> I was just kind of it's a career not expecting not a that. <laughs> His IMDb page reads like it's backwards or something because it's like yeah. directorial debut is Demolition Man. And then after that is Excess Baggage, which is a terrible movie. But then it goes into a TV miniseries and then into some short films. It's like, no, you're supposed to start with the short films and work your way up to the features. Yeah, I I have no idea. Much much in the same way that Cobra had a bit of a unexpected director. Uh, I would say this one also had a bit of an unexpected director. I mean, it could be worse, all things considered. Like, it's not the most terribly directed movie, especially if they were actually going for this slapsticky action thing actually came out of it i don't know oh no i think i think they got what they were going for and i don't think it's poorly made 
I certainly enjoy this more than, let's say, The Net, which Sandra Bullock would go on to do two years later after Mm -hmm. this, and which we just talked about last week. Um, Basically the same running time, too, right? An hour 55, and this one is a lot lighter and uh, doesn't feel quite as miserable to watch. Yeah, well, but see, the lightness is also... uh, There is sort of a, a humor about itself... Uh, that we get mainly through the fish out of water story of of Stallone interacting with this world, whereas in the net there's no fish out of water. Like she, she's just told that the water is not water anymore, and then it just goes on for ever. Um, but but in this one, it's 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 much more it's much more interesting because we get that comedy element from this, and there are these over the top uh, character moments from the these other characters uh, who are in the background, like the. Uh, Chief of Police, um, who you might recognize from several other roles, including Shawshank Redemption. Uh, we we have uh, uh, Cogto, who shows up in other things that I can't think of at the moment. And then we have uh, uh, Dennis Leary, of course, mm. um, who is our requisite Dennis for this 90s movie. And, even, the, uh, uh, even the captain in uh, the 90s is the, the guy who played the, the captain slash chief in the Lethal Weapon movies. I did not know that. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, the one of the the police officers who's inside of the the station is the police cop guy who's in Frighteners. Uh, which one? The the kind of goofy guy who he tries to like give the high five to after he couldn't find the toilet paper. Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he he's the one in Frighteners uh, who is the cop in that. He's good at playing a cop because he's got that kind of like high and tight flat top I, looking thing going on. I think he's he's mainly made a career of doing cops in the nineties, <laughs> um, but uh, he, he's in a lot of things. And uh, we we have uh, of course uh, uh, Associate Bob, who mm-hmm. uh, I mentioned to you last week, uh, who you probably recognize from several Tim Burton films, including uh, Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he makes his appearance here. Um, you know. You got you, we got to talk about your hair. Pick, but, pick uh, a color. Pick a color. Yeah. Oh, uh, Dennis Leary. It's still it's still just grates on me so hard when he goes into his Dennis Dennis Leary stand up spiel in the in the basement there when he meets Stallone. According to Cocteau's plan, I'm the enemy because I like to think, I like to read. I'm into freedom of speech and freedom of choice. I'm the kind of guy who can sit in a greasy spoon and wonder, gee, should I have the T-bone steak or the jumbo rack of barbecue ribs with the side order of gravy fries? I want high cholesterol. I want to eat bacon and butter and buckets of cheese, okay? I want to smoke Cuban cigar the size of Cincinnati in a non-smoking section. I want to run through the streets naked with green jello all over my body reading Playboy magazine. Why? Because I suddenly might feel the need to, okay, pal? I've seen the future. You know what it is? It's a 47-year-old virgin sitting around in his base pajamas drinking a banana broccoli shake singing, I'm an Oscar Mayer weed. You live up top, you live Cocteau's way. What he wants, when he wants, how he wants. Your other choice? Come down here. Maybe start with that. It's, it's, the point, it's the point of the movie. It's just like, yeah. ah, stop. Yeah, well, the, the problem is there was nothing to break it up. Uh, so he just goes into his rant, and then that's it. And then we just go back to everything else we were doing. He's like, uh, "Okay, great, nice to nice to meet you. I'm gonna go back to my business now." He didn't. Uh, he didn't. Ha- um, he hadn't mastered his craft, so to speak, when it comes to acting. I mean, he's not bad or yeah. whatever, but like, I don't know that there's a way to deliver that many lines of Dennis Leary esque dialogue without sounding like that. I mean, he's yeah. not bad in this movie. I mean, he plays a, a decent 
character for most of it, but he his character is so detached from the world that he's in, and that's kind of the point, right? Because he he wants his freedom of choice or whatever, living in the the dungeon uh, <sighs> under the streets there, eating his rat burger. Yeah. That he's rebelling against uh, Cocteau, but like he is so outside of the world of this movie that it it looks like Dennis Leary just like wandered in off the set while they were rolling cameras, and he just happens to have dirt on his face, and he's just like, "Hey guys, I'm Dennis Leary over here," and then he goes about his business because it's just the worlds are so far apart that it's just kind of it doesn't doesn't really jive they never really explain like how these people came to be in these tunnels uh i mean maybe he just had a really good childhood when he was like five this whole thing happened he's like no man sticking with it like he they they don't explain the how he would know any they don't explain how any of these people would know any other way other than cocteau other than perhaps their parents were the these scraps so to speak as well i mean they just they just got to be older than 36 right well but like dennis leary at the time this movie was filmed i i think would have been maybe in around that range so he he would have been a small child i don't think he went into the sewer as a small child well his parents would tell him stories i mean he mm. the, you know that the problem is basically it's a different batman movie <laughs> yeah uh, it's a the, bad Batman movie. The problem is he he basically should have just like walked into the set and gone like, remember the '90s, and then walked back out because that's basically uh, what he does. Yeah, well, you're, you're watching this shiny, clean, new, weird world, and you're like, yeah, what about all of those things that I would have liked to have done? And eat, eating meat, like you know, that was their straw man of like things that you can't do anymore because it's bad for you. No, chocolate was their straw man of things you could well, chocolate, do. Anymore. Yeah, and. Yeah, You know, this is one instance where I'm going to side with you and say, Stallone, taste your food before you ask for the salt. Like, come on, man. Like that. You don't even need to do that. I'm sure the food is fine. Taco Bell. Taco Bell food is salty enough without extra salt. You don't know after the restaurant wars. Maybe maybe there was a shortage of salt uh, and it's not been arriving in their uh, cuisine valet vans. Well, you know what? Uh, It's Los Angeles. Uh, The ocean is not too far away. I, I got a pretty good idea where they could get some more salt. Did you notice that the when they went to go rob the van and they actually saw showed the interior of what was inside to be confiscated, there was a giant clear plastic tub of cooked shrimp <laughs> just sitting there, just pink cooked shrimp. Maybe just it was in a big tub, like uh, tofrimp or whatever they call tofu shrimp. Yeah, well, I mean, they they said they don't eat meat, but you know, some people don't count certain animals who are in water as as meat so mm-hmm. you know there's that um, i mean everything just looked like uh like wheat thins and cheesy poofs <laughs> yeah well I mean, the the plate that he has served is is rather comedic uh and i always like the taco bell scene uh, and i didn't even know until much later in life that uh, apparently outside of the u.s it was redubbed and there were insert shots of of pizza hut put in because taco bell was not a thing outside of the United States. Well, these days they could do like KFC or something. That's pretty well known internationally. Yuck. Um, Speaking so, of that, like I had a um, I had a shrimp burger at a KFC in uh, Vietnam. What? <laughs> yeah, basically they take shrimp and they compress it into a patty, and then they put this really weird spicy mayonnaise on it. Wow. Yeah, but the bun's the same. Okay. The packaging is basically the same. But they also do these sort of like prepackaged meal things. You know, like the little like rectangular uh, cardboard boxes where you fold the little triangle ears down on the side, but you can like pop them open and there's like fries and a sandwich in them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything comes in that basically. 
Oh. Okay. I got my shrimp burger and some fries. Delightful. Well, at least it wasn't a rat. I, you know, it was, um, it was, I don't remember exactly what it looked like, but the color I recall was not the color that I expected shrimp to be. So I don't know that I oh. ate the whole thing. Was it gray? No, I think it was a much brighter, like pinkish, orangish red than I would have expected. Oh. Because, you know, shrimp's got a little bit of that color, but it was, it was, it was a lot brighter. Oh. Um, well, that was just healthy food coloring. Sure. Um, but so, uh, uh, but anyway, in this film, um, they they're like, well, we don't know what to do now, uh, because we have this maniac on the loose, and we don't know how to deal with this. And there have been uh, murder, death, kills, um, MDKs, one eighty seven. Yeah, that super drawn out scene where they're like, "What's a one eight seven? I don't know what that is. I'm gonna have to look it up." And the computer even has to search for a little while before it's like, "Beep boop 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 boop." Uh, one eight seven. Murder, death, kill. Well, this doesn't even make any sense why the computer has to look that up because. <laughs> It's the one who is saying it, and it knows that someone has died. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make a. It, uh, well, the computers in this don't make a lot of sense. Uh, but the computer they, on every pillar. It was more like it was more like a, a hand dryer, really, uh, that just spat out receipts <laughs> when you cursed. Well, once in the future, everyone uh, determines that those Dyson air blades aren't quite as healthy as they thought. They're going to be repurposed in things that spit out demerits for cursing. Uh, but when I when I want to dry my hands, I don't want to have to just curse to dry my hands. Well, I mean, better mm-hmm. than cursing to go, you know, use the yeah, facilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to say too much about the three seashells. But uh, you know, I, I I had seen like like jokey graphic of like on the you know the internet because I use the internet and you know the how the three seashells work is you, it, like, you a use thing? the internet? I Are do, you sure yeah. you do? But okay. um. I thought that was a joke, and then I just clicked on the trivia page on IMDb, and oh, apparently that's something Sylvester Stallone said, as was intended uh, the, the seashells be used in such a manner. Do you, are you familiar with how they're supposed to be used? I have no idea. Would I've you, been blissfully <laughs> unaware up until this point. Would you like me to point. explain it to you? Go ahead. Explain it for everyone mm-hmm. here. According to the IMDb trivia page, Sylvester Stallone has stated in interviews that the idea behind the three seashells was that two were to be used like chopsticks or to clamp together to pull waste out of the body, and the third was to be used to scrape what was left over. No explanation was made about how they were to be cleaned or sanitized between uses. Well, I'm glad I (laughs) ate a little while ago and that I'm not eating right now. I should see if I can find that infographic for you. No, thank you. I'm fine. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I'm. I'm absolutely. Oh, that was fine. way easier to find than I thought it was. Oh, damn! No, I'm gonna put it, I'm gonna put it in the chat room for you here. No, God, why? People, why people. do you do these things? Because I want people to be informed. All right. <laughs> I don't think this has to do with informing people. <laughs> it's a. It's a nice. Uh... Oh, damn! <laughs> this is not appropriate at all. I didn't this make is... it. This is not going in the show notes. If somebody really wants to look this up, they can go find that. All you got to search for is three seashells. It's basically the first image. <sighs> anyway. Just go spelunking for that. Um, so they... I think I'd rather use the uh, the, the credits, demerits, whatever the, the, the fines mm-hmm. paper. Yeah. It's curious that they would use paper for that. Um, also curious that they're being fined credits or whatever because they like they mentioned several times that there is no... There's no currency, there's no money, there's no nothing really. Yeah, I don't I don't understand how that works. Do they not get to pick up the things they want from the hobby shop or something? Like I Well, Sandra I Bullock know. said she had to trade in some credits to get all of her junk. Yeah, yeah. But 
like I'm assuming that means there's no baseline need in the society for any of these things and that the credit system exists for wants and desires that go above that um which would explain the jukebox etc uh but uh this it's just a guess cuz you know the star trek similarly has nonsensical currency systems of like how they exist to better themselves and don't really believe in money and stuff but then somehow have like uh money in accounts so that they can go to alien worlds and gamble with it and stuff so it's a thing but uh i'm assuming it's sort of that that same sort of thing like they don't have any basic desires that are unfulfilled by society hmm They've all got some lovely VR headsets that facilitate their interactions with other people. Yeah, interactions. Um, so because human contact, uh, basically of all sorts, is illegal. Yeah, which is weird. It sounds uh, like the worst like future scenario from an abstinence class in like middle school. Of like, well, it would be great if we could, you know, do all these things and we never had to touch each other because touching is where all bad things come from. Well, one of the things in this movie's favor is it never explains the arduous process to implement any of these policies or to get any of these people to think that this is normal. Uh, so you're just sort of dropped into this alien world uh, of, of s- several decades later from the start of the film. Uh, because if they had actually tried to explain how anyone was convinced to think any of these things and raise their children this way, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth... Uh, I think it would fall apart pretty easily. Um, and there's well, it, also it has to just be natural selection because she rattles off uh, those other random acronyms for diseases, and they must have just killed everyone who was not afraid to risk it in order to uh, have some physical contact. So everyone who was scared away by the uh, the the society stories of what bad things will happen uh, survived, and then continued to uh, feed that information to their children, and then everyone who said, ah, screw it, we're going to try it, uh, they all died. Well, that's positive thinking, Dan. Thank you. Well, that's that's the bleak world that he paints of uh, the mid-2000s before the earthquake where everything was so bad. And then, yeah, I mean, well, how bad does it have to be before you say, okay, dude who's wearing a kimono with way too many layers, please offer us something that will save us. But that also doesn't make any sense or stand up to much scrutiny when you analyze, like, a global economy. No, um, not, not in the slightest. Yeah, so... Only the San Angeles, Santa Barbara, Los Angeles, San Diego area. Yeah, like, apparently that all operates as one blob. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Riverside was included in there and I missed it, but... uh <laughs> they so, call it, like, a multiplex or something? Yeah, well... Similar to another Stallone film where you got the megacity. Um, so... They they have remake of that one's pretty good. <laughs> I have, I haven't seen it. I've heard good things. It's good. Um, but much like Demolition Man, I like the the comedy aspects of it, and uh, and of course, it's a Stallone future cop movie with Rob Schneider in a supporting role. <laughs> Rob Schneider, uh, yeah, he's here. He uh, he's he, he, he's this is before he started denying vaccines and things. Um, oh, did so, he do that? Oh God! I don't even remember all the things. I don't want to think about it. But uh, anyway, now, much much now in the he's same in hefty commercials. Yeah, much in the same way that that uh, we talked about a certain comedian from the '90s who went off the deep end uh, in the previous episode. The, the, there is another one <laughs> featured here in this film. Wait, what, uh, what was the last episode? When we talked about the net. 
Remember, you said you were a huge oh, yeah, fan. Well, no, of... that's totally a different direction. Uh-huh. That's not the same. Sure, okay, yeah, same thing. Yes, exactly, identical. Uh, <sighs> so we haven't talked about the uh, the character names in this movie yet. Could they no. be any more on the nose in any regard? I mean, the Spartan because he's the warrior. Yeah. You got the you got the Phoenix who rises. Yeah. You got uh, oh, Alfredo. No, doesn't really do anything. No. Um, yeah, there 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 are a couple instances, particularly the main characters. There was just like you know. Edgar Friendly. Oh yeah, there you go. Friendly. Let's, yeah. let's just name them what they do. Yeah. Well. Okay. Cocteau. Well, I don't really want to dig into why that was his name. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? <laughs> Not nothing at all. He's he's uh. <clears throat> okay. Um. So. They 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 thaw out John Spartan and he comes to realization that he's there, etc. And they have the police scene where he's trying to figure out where uh, Simon Phoenix will strike next. Um, and they he, he rationalizes that uh, well he correctly predicts that Simon Phoenix would go after a gun. Meanwhile, the police chief who doesn't like John Spartan very much is uh, assuming that he's going to start a business. Sure. Drugs. And uh, John That's what the like, computer says. And we, you know, trust the computer, the simulation. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Spartan is, of course, correct. Uh, and they go over to the museum and there's the, the what was it, the Hall of Violence um, and the Armory. Mm-hmm. Uh, great names. Um, and then I forget what the name of that font is, but it's just perfect. So, so 90s. Uh, and they, they, they open up the, the, glass by knocking the security guard who comes to investigate into it and they he takes out the the guns and gets more guns and gets the future gun with the neutron indibulator thing whatever um uh loads everything up in a bag and he's all happy about that and spartan shows up and he's got his his glow rod uh and and they face off and there's traditional cop versus bad guy violence that occurs. Mm-hmm. There's punching, and then the the future gun was neat, I guess. And it's mostly just, you know, Simon Phoenix being a kid in a candy shop with all of his weapons and fires off a cannon to blow the door open. Although I'm yeah. not sure why they made the security doors out of glass. That probably wasn't a great idea. Well, it was future glass. It was what? Future glass. Future glass. It was very strong. Yeah. Like a transparent aluminum. Um, So they had that whole action piece thing that goes on for quite some time and there's the escape out of the museum and he uh simon phoenix comes across cogto and he goes to try to shoot cogto but he can't he can't do it because cogto has programmed him and that he, he should be going after edgar friendly uh and uh simon skittles out of there uh and associate bob is gasping uh the whole time and then uh stallone runs over and he's like out of breath and doesn't want to jump over that hedge and uh, just stays there and starts asking questions about things. Uh, and uh, he's invited to dinner at Taco Bell. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting that um, he's managed to program both all of these, like, uh, you know, the, the fun knowledge of all of the, uh, what do you call it, the, the, his computer skills and his typing skills. Apparently he put, like, Mavis Beacon or whatever into his rehab thing. And then... Uh, he he somehow managed to be able to program his brain so he he can't shoot him, which doesn't doesn't seem like it really jives with the uh, the rehab program. But whatever, that's fine. Well, he ran the place, so 
Sure. He, pro- he probably knew, picked up a couple tips from the engineers, I'm sure, that that with untimely ends. Um, but uh, he, uh, they, he, he gets this whole thing where they're going to go to dinner. They arrive, and uh, Stallone is in his black kimono thing. Um, yeah, apparently San Angeles just stole basically all of its wardrobe aesthetic from Japan. Yeah, um, uh, but there are some people who have these weird sort of uh, one-piece robes with sort of like weird sort of uh, hat cowl pieces on top and uh, white glasses. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, they're scattered throughout, so they're interesting. Uh, and they go to dinner, uh, and there's a plate of little triangles, and uh, they, they talk through all of the different things and know how he's really a barbarian. And then Dennis Leary. How many times do they call him a caveman in this movie? Oh, just so many times. The caveman, Neanderthal, uh, a grotesque. Um, and uh, then there's a little periscope thing that comes up. Stallone figures out there's something going on. There's a guy on a motorcycle. Shouldn't be guys on motorcycles. Uh, <laughs> and they uh, he, he runs out of there uh, after that confrontation and finds that Edgar Friendly's people are uh, going after the cuisine valet because they're going to get the food shipment. And take it back downstairs so they can make uh, shrimp burgers. And uh, they they grab all the stuff out of the thing. And then Stallone traps them in a tent. And then uh, and, uh, there's fighting and stuff. And they make off with some of the things. And Stallone is perplexed by why they were running away with food. And uh, Cocteau comes out and explains that they're all a bunch of riffraff. We don't want to fit in with the society. And they're the real problem. Uh, and uh, that that's a... Uh, you know, a warning to Stallone that this guy's nuts. Yeah, he's, um, he's at least got a some decency about him to say that you know you shouldn't be treating people who are just looking for food as criminals. Yeah, I mean, well, well, come on. If if Lim is Rob taught us anything, you you shouldn't do that. If what? Lim is Rob. Oh, yeah. I, no, Jean Valjean. Yeah, no, I'm I'm fam- I'm I know what it is. I just don't. Oh, haven't seen it. Play, I'm, Very, uh, yeah, I'm familiar with what it is. Oh, okay. it's, it's a movie too, right? Yeah, it, yes, yeah. Music. No, yeah. Uh, so they 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 go on one more day to the uh, next events. But first, uh, Sandra Sandra Bullock takes him back to her place at the Pacific Design Center, uh, and they they go into the, her room. Where was that? Did you say it was the Pacific Design Center? It's in West Hollywood. It's a it's a big series of primary color buildings. Um, I saw Planetarium listed in the locations. What was the Planetarium? No clue. Uh, one of the other ones, <laughs> but uh, they. They have they, it, it, but it's uh, she pulls up and there's that that big, uh, it's a metal and glass building, but the metal and glass is all blue on the outside. That that's the Pacific Design Center, and there's there's another one that's green in the background, etc. Uh, they they've built it up since then. It, it's a bunch of weird structures, and so they uh, hop on into her place. Uh, they talk about having sex, and she goes and gets the VR things. Uh, Stallone is perplexed by this. And they put them on, and there are cuts to what I assume is supposed to be sensual for someone, but <laughs> not uh, not an expert on this. Um, it's just uh, close-up shots of faces, pretty much. And strobe light. 
and 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 only Sandra Bullock, and she has lipstick on for some reason. It's very strange. Mm-hmm. That um, uh, the 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 jolting sound is the thing that always gets me. <laughs> uh, people are in weird stuff, Dan. Um, I <laughs> you know who knows. Uh, and so they they go through the whole thing, and uh, Stallone's like, nope, nope, stop. I don't want any of this. I'm like, I just want all the the touching and stuff. And what about kissing? Can we kiss? And then it's like, no, there's no physical contact. He's like, oh, how do you know? I can kiss you real good. And then she's like, get out of my room. <laughs> yeah, I used to be pretty good at that. Now uh, you're telling me I'm not allowed to. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very um, awkward. He awkward. doesn't. He he fails to make a convincing argument why why he should be doing that uh, because it's it, natural and stuff. Yeah, uh, when a lady says no, she means no. Uh, and so he he leaves and he goes back to his place. Doesn't say lights on because he's obstinate. And then walks into a glass table, uh, <laughs> and then this is lights on. Uh, we cut away to three seashells in the bathroom that he finds, and he does a mocking thing about Rob Schneider's comment earlier about how he doesn't know how to use three seashells. Uh, and uh, next day, uh, he's knit her some stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he watches the uh, the security disc, which. Um... Apparently in the future, they don't have like multi-layered discs. They just put a couple of them together with a weird little metal doodad. And you watch the video of why Simon Phoenix didn't kill Grand Chancellor. What's his name? Yeah, yeah. Co- Raymond Cocktail. Uh, so they do that. And uh, he explains his suspicions to her the next morning. And about the the education program. Because he... <laughs> wanted to, to knit this thing and that, oh, this is part of the re-education system. And he's like, I'm, I'm seamstress. Um, and uh, I like how he had the suspicion to say, can you pull that tape for me so I can look at it myself? But he didn't tell her to watch it or she didn't ask like what was on it or anything to just let it go. Cocteau didn't think it would be incriminating. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a whole chain of logic that completely failed on that one. But yeah, uh, and the be- you know, same thing in the beginning where he jokingly says like, do everything in your power to apprehend Simon Phoenix and then hangs up the phone call and they, they actually do something that is within their power. And he's like, Oh, y- you woke up a guy who could potentially stop him. I probably shouldn't have said everything in your power. Yeah. Well, Later on, he uses John Spartan as a threat uh, to Simon Phoenix when Simon Phoenix is getting a little belligerent uh, and, and and sort of above the task that he was selected for. Uh, he, he's like, no, you know, that's my insurance that you're going to carry this out because otherwise John Spartan's going to come after you. Uh, so he, he's, he's trying to play it both ways uh, at the same time. He doesn't necessarily approve of John Spartan, but... Um, I think he recognizes that uh, there's a certain loose element canon to uh, uh, loose, loose element canon. Uh, sir- <laughs> well, basically, he yeah. uh, he thought he he covered all of his bases with his programming while he was in the freezer thing, but turns out he didn't quite do that because uh, he can just hand his gun to one of his his cronies. Although I don't know why he even bothered to listen when he said I need help from some other dudes. I'd just be like, no, just do it yourself. It'll take longer. But just yeah, like all these people in the future are pushovers. Literally, just do this thing. Because there are no there are no crazy violent sadistic people in the future, so you, you're able to take take anyone at their word. Because why would they why would they lie? Yeah, and he had to orchestrate this big uh, escape, violent escape for Simon, but he can just let all the other guys walk out of there. I guess. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, the warden's dead, and uh, 
Maybe he just like remote accessed in. He did a little telnet from his his office at the uh the what you call it there, the convention oh, yeah. center and over the fiber op. Yeah, over the fiber op. They just dialed into the uh the, the cryo prison and uh, started out freezing people. Yeah. Got that big claw, it'll automate things, it'll do it all itself. Yeah. Well, um as, as we see later on, the automation of the facility comes into play. Uh and they uh you know, Stallone is like, I have a bunch of suspicions now, and let's go look at his re-education program. Oh, he's educated on how to murder death, kill people. That seems awfully suspicious. We should I also go- love how it was like, access denied. Then she like types like three more seconds, and they're like, okay, now you can come in. Yeah, well, and she didn't like type out please or something. Um, so <laughs> they- you, you didn't use the magic word? Uh-uh-uh. <laughs> um, so they, they go to uh, Cocteau's LA Convention Center, uh, and they go up the escalator, and you know he's agreed to be subtle. And then he busts in the door and uh, scolds all of the conference room monitors and <laughs> associate Bob. How do, you, how, and, how do you like that telepresence system he's got going on there? Uh, it's pretty sweet. We got the swivel uh, and the, the 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 little monitors and and cameras. And so uh, he he's all like, "Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I'm physically indisposed or something. Whatever he said." Um, yeah, my, my physical presence isn't here, but emotionally I can be here for you. Yeah, and so they uh, they chit-chat in a very subtle way. Uh, and then Spartan shoots up all the monitors and realizes that uh, Cogto is obviously much closer than he lets on because Associate Bob is looking over his shoulder back to where uh, Cogto might be. And so Spartan goes and uh, puts his, his gun up to his temple. Um, which is not really like uh, a move you want to make as a police officer, let's say. Uh, and so they, 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 they have a little standoff about this. Stallone looks really odd walking around with a normal-sized handgun. He, he really does need that uh, absurdly large stupid gun that he had in Cobra because he just the way he like flexes and holds it out to the side and like, kind of does like a pinky-up thing, uh, it just looks weird when he has just like a regular normal pistol. Yeah, I mean, he's he's... He is so bulky that it it just makes any like normal handgun look like a derringer. Uh so he he he's there with his little his little uh uh one-shotter or whatever. And so he uh is talking to Cogto and blah 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 and I'm going to bust you, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, so on and so forth. And then Cogto's like take uh this guy back to cryo prison. He's he's going back under the deep freeze. Ta-da. Mm-hmm. End of scene. <laughs> convincing it's a wonder that this guy ever came to power uh ruling this city like it, it seems like nobody really like looked into him as as a person they're just like oh his plans are kind of working so i guess we'll just trust him with all of our futures blindly forever because some of the things he did sort of worked out but like nobody really like looked into it to see if he was the kind of guy who would like get a prisoner out of prison to go kill his political enemy or whatever. <sighs> yeah. I, uh, none of it makes a ton of sense. Like I said, it's a good thing they didn't actually try to explain how he came to power. And they just kind of said, yep, he's in power. Because if they tried to explain it, it wouldn't make any sense. Because uh, they're all his ideas that formed the society. It wasn't like a series of events that led to someone like him running the society. Yeah, he's, he's uh, like the Dalai Lama. And then like if the government destructed to the point where we were so starved for leadership that we just like well the Dalai Lama's teachings are good let's just make him be in charge too well 
you know, Simon uh, refers to him as uh, an evil Mr. Rogers. Uh, so I think that is a very apt description. Uh, and they... How do you shoot Mr. Rogers? I, I mean, well, I guess you get... Uh, what's his name get, to do it? You get your friend to do it. Peer pressure. If Mr. Rogers taught us anything, it's that peer pressure is a good thing. Uh, so they, <laughs> they go through this scene where he's like, uh, yeah, we're all going to go into the sewer now, I guess. <laughs> and they have... And they have his friend from back in the day back only for that scene where they get out of the car. And then he just wanders off somewhere. And we don't see him again um, for the rest of the film. And so uh, uh, Sandra Bullock and Benjamin Bratt uh, go into the sewer. And Benjamin Bratt gets nervous and starts singing the, Arm- the Armor Hot Dog song. Uh, or whatever that was. And then they, they That's come one across... part of the future that I, I could do without the whole popular music is uh, Jingles. From the 90s and 80s, and well, I guess they were singing stuff from the 50s, because so, apparently that's what classic music is to them. Yeah, well, you know, millennials, man, what are you going to do? Uh, so they... It's all about brands and loyalty. Yes, it is all about brands and loyalty. And also, you can't keep their attention spans for very long, so like jingles are perfect for millennials. I'm surprised they didn't, n- n- the, they didn't play and or sing the Taco Bell theme song, which is basically just that one ding tone of the bell, isn't it? Um, that might be, you might've answered your own question because mm. it's too short. To I mean, maybe, maybe people could have used like fourth meal as like a greeting, like one of these like goofy, well, they didn't, goofy greetings. They didn't have fourth meal back then. Mm. And mm. this is the future, but it's the future as seen from 1993. They had to make a run for the border back then, didn't they? I don't know if they did, <laughs> but I know they didn't have fourth meal. Mm. Yeah. Fourth mm. meal. That was more of a like college era thing. Yeah, it was, uh, I want to say, junior-ish year of college, they they added the fourth meal. Oh, I was going to say sophomore, maybe freshman. Well, we didn't graduate at the same time. Oh, right. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the same, same thing then. Oh, oh, that makes so much sense. How, how long did it take to piece that one together? <laughs> Longer than uh, I would prefer. Okay, so now that two college-educated adults have realized that their their college educations did not exactly overlap, uh, we will move on to the scenes in the sewer. What are you talking well, about? Everyone's the same age. I'm 74. Yeah. I was just frozen for a while. Uh-huh. And so uh, she says, that's gross. This the, this little ladder thing I touch is gross. And then she runs her fingers through her hair, which is rather unconvincing from an acting point of view. But they wander through the, the little uh, underground city, uh, very... Uh, dystopian Mad Max, uh, Super Mario Brothers, the movie-esque. <laughs> um, and a lot of people down there. Yeah, a lot of people. And a lot of smoke machines and uh, a lot of random smudgy, smeary dirt everywhere except for the car. Um, oh, yeah, a car like that. Yeah. You got to keep it clean. Yeah, of course. The human beings let them wallow in filth. The car, pristine. I don't know why. Uh, they they don't really explain the car at all. They product, just wanted to have. They just wanted to have Stallone drive the car. You yeah. know, it's one of those things. He wants to have his uh, his high cholesterol and uh, loud, smelly cars. Where did they get the gas? I don't know. Maybe they maybe they retrofitted it to run on uh, what is it? Capacitance gel. I don't think so because it was like roaring and stuff with like engine noise. So I'd assume it's some sort of combustible combustible uh, material. Sure. Maybe, maybe it's just rat feces. They just have like an <laughs> ethanol plant that makes sure, rat I feces mean, into fuel. I think, isn't that, a, isn't that a byproduct of like compost? 
Why not? And so they, uh, he he smells something delicious. They smell something foul. Uh, he gets a uh, burger, and uh, Sandra Bullock says, "You see any cows around here?" Uh, and he trades a Rolex for a beer. Yeah, which Cer- a cerveza. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious where they got the beer. Is it just like vintage beer? Because I, maybe it's maybe, outlawed. Maybe they smuggle it in from Mexico. I don't know. <laughs> maybe they make their own in the toilet, like in prison. I mean, the San Angeles border technically would be right up against Mexico, so. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, honestly, if, if that is what became of Los Angeles, I would just go to Mexico. Okay. Like a beer and tacos and burritos and stuff. I mean, not burritos, but. Well, we didn't really explore this world further uh, further than San Angeles, so who knows well, he, what he was out there. He does mention uh, you can't bring any of the bad guys in from New York because they're too stuck up, which I thought was a weird line. Well, no. The ones who were uh, from New York but captured and frozen in the San Angeles Penitentiary. Mm. Still don't understand facility. what that's supposed to mean. He, he just he just thought they you know didn't really they wouldn't they wouldn't go roll with his sense of humor. They're gonna be like, eh, you you want me to wear tires? That's so not in fashion right now. I guess, but uh, you know, and, and the the LA guys are a little bit more laid back as we see. Uh, they take a very laid back approach to murder, uh, and so they. He, 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 we cut away to the the pool table area where they all have their their tire attire, um, and they they're uh, talking about their plan to to kill people, and uh, then it's like oh two birds with one stone because there's Spartan and Edgar Friendly and Edgar Friendly. You know, is up against Spartan, and he has his diatribe that we've previously mentioned. Six Why don't you leave these thumb. people out of here and start a revolution and bring back some civil rights? And Larry, I mean, his his cop out answer, as the, the the writer couldn't come up with anything better, is basically, "I'm no leader." Like, well, you literally are a leader, leading all of these people, and you just gave like a five minute impassioned speech about why you believe these things. So you you are, uh, you just don't want to like fight with guns and stuff even though you're literally holding a gun right now pointing at a cop so you, you could you could go fight the guys who are like pushovers since you're standing up to sylvester stallone right now but no that's fine yes millennials am i right <laughs> um so they i'm not in the mood to fight back against the government right now well he, i i made a I, you know i made a more modern joke when i was watching it he's sort of like a redditor um you know it's all about freedom of speech man and stuff um that he is a sort of uh nonsensical set of somewhat uh anarchist views that don't really seem to flow together in any sort of coherent way like they have a a, some sort of libertarian utopia underground there but i would not describe it as a positive experience to live there uh, and you know you contrast that with the the sort of like fascist utopia that's up above, and I wouldn't describe that as necessarily positive either. But uh, it doesn't doesn't seem like he's really thought everything through from his point of view uh, as to how they would maybe have a more coherent society, which is something that Stallone eggs them on to do towards at the 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 end of the film when it's Leary and uh, the police chief guy. Uh, no, he just he just knows what he believes and uh, what he wants to be. The reality of things but uh yeah he doesn't really care how he gets it and uh he's okay with just dying in the sewers if he doesn't yeah he's just petulant um so they have their fight and they 
have a lot of explosives go off in this little set and uh, a bridge turns over and drops uh, uh, Wesley Snipes uh, stunt actor from a high level uh, and they go through uh, trying to nab one another um, and uh, Stillen's like ducking behind things again and uh, people are shooting and stuff some more and then they make their way out of there and Sloan chases after him. Uh, and they uh, reason that they should uh, go pursue him in the car. Uh, he chases them down with the, the, the Oldsmobile 442, I want to say it was. Yeah. Oops. Yeah, and leaps onto the other car. There's a, there's a fight in the car with the door and the gullwing doors are open and there's you know the ground going by underneath them. Not not super convincing, uh, and you know I mean, it's the punching a decent fight. All things considered, you know with the driving and stuff. I mean, although you would have expected that uh, that Sandy there uh, would have been a little bit more familiar with the the way cars worked since she knew exactly what it was, and she's a big uh, big fan of the the former culture. Yeah, well, knowing and doing are two separate things. Like I read, you know, like how to drive before I like had a car. Well, yeah, but drive, she she but... says like, what do I do? Push the pedal? Oh well, you know, yes. So there, there is a certain <laughs> amount of validity to your criticism, uh, but they. I appreciate they, that you think there is a certain amount of validity to my criticism. That thank you. You're welcome. And so he jumps into the other car. And they they do the thing, and Snipes is out of there. And then uh, he's he's his fall is braced by his tire, um, his tire attire, and uh, Stallone can't get the car to do anything. It's malfunctioning from all of the. Uh, things that have happened and it dives right into the uh, fountain outside of the San Angeles police department and the security foam goes off and he's, you know, it's like I was in a cannoli. Um, and so he, he's, <laughs> he's out of there. In case you forgot that he was Italian. Uh, at no point in this film do I forget that he's Italian, but uh, he, he gets out of the, the cannoli uh, and <laughs> the police chief is there to, to reprimand him and dress him down over this whole, uh, course of events. Had enough of you. We're sending you back to jail right now. And he's like, "No, I'm gonna leave now." He's like, "You can't leave. I placed you under arrest. That's how this works." Like, yeah. See this right here. This is the whole reason you're in trouble right now is because w- words don't do anything. Yeah. Well, none of them use their little glow rod stick things. Uh, he just walks off, and Bullet goes with him because they're together, uh, working together, and you know, you can take this job and you can shovel it. Uh, they get in the car and peel off, uh, and they're going to go to the convention center to go up to Cogto, and no one will be in their way from wherever the police headquarters are to, to Cogto's place. Uh, at Cogto's place, uh, we we have Associate Bob and Cogto and all of the uh, minions along with Simon Phoenix, and Simon Phoenix has had enough of Cogto and has one of the minions shoot Cogto, which Cogto didn't see coming, which is uh, dumb. Because he <laughs> should have possibly guessed that that would be some way that he would come meet his end, uh, but but he he didn't anticipate all these things. He wasn't as smart as he thought he was, mm-hmm. and he's he's shot. And then they throw another log on the fire, uh, and and by log to, you mean a dummy. Yeah, well, I mean they put some effort into it. Like it didn't just like completely deflate or anything. No, it was a decent weight dummy. Uh, its leg yeah. just didn't bend. Yeah, well, can you fix? Can you fix that in post first? Can you make the leg bend? No, thank you. Um, and so, uh, Associate Bob is like, "Oh, I can offer my services to you. Uh, it's, 
you know, basically out of cowardice, like, please don't kill me. Uh, I see which way the wind is blowing. And uh, then he says, oh, the police are here. And they, because he sees it on the little conference table, uh, uh, monitor stick things, telepresence. And uh, the police come up into the, the convention center and there are a couple bad guys and they fight. And then Sandra Bullock somehow knows a lot of Kung Fu. Well, you know, she, she studies things. She's she's a mm-hmm. fan of the, the old action movies and stuff. But she says Jackie Chan movies. Yeah. Uh, and so she, she beats up. Did I see up... somewhere in here that Jackie Chan was up for the Simon Phoenix role? I did not know that. Might have been a little hat tip to him. Ah, uh, well, was Arnold Schwarzenegger up for anything in this movie? Because he got, he got a little hat tip, too. Well, he also got poked fun at a little bit, too. Yeah, well, the, the Schwarzenegger library is what I'm referring to, of course, because he was, he was President Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Um, oh, the, also, the, apparently, uh, well, speaking of cameos, Jack Black was one of the uh, the scraps. I, I, I didn't see him, but he, it's in here. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's a gif that I saw on the internet about that. Uh, what? That cat, a, a gif. A what? A gif. I'll allow it. Thank, thank you. Um, so they, they get past those guys, go up to the office. Nobody's there, but the evil plan is running on the telepresence conference center. Um, and so they uh, peel off out of there. Uh, and Sloan's like, yeah, it's a good thing he's dead. Whatever. Uh, they, they go to... The, the cryo lab where all these people are being defrosted because there's like, what, 80, 81 people. Uh, and that'll be too much for them to handle. And it's the, the crane arm thing doing the stuff, moving the ice cubes around, little pellet things doing their, their action. Uh, and Stallone goes in there. And there's much shooting and much fighting. And the, the bad guy henchmen are not as effective as you might think. Uh, and Sochi Bob... Seals his way, the wind is blowing again, and runs out of there. Simon Phoenix and uh, Stallone square off with a big robot arm thing, um, and Stallone knocks out uh, uh, Sandra Bullock because he doesn't want her to get hurt because he's chauvinistic and uh, just glow rods her so she goes to sleep. Uh, And Simon Phoenix and Stallone go at it, and there's going around on the robot arm and shooting and fighting and explosions and cryo stuff and liquid nitrogen gases and mm-hmm. all kinds of things. He manages to freeze the claw arm and then break it without like freezing his hand off. Yeah, because that's what you can do with the little cord thing that comes out of it, apparently. Uh, and they they get down on the ground and he has one of those little blue pellet things and he breaks it on the ground and it freezes up Simon to like his calves before... Stallone gets off of the ground and moves out of the way, um, which seems like he would have also been in the same sort of like radius if I was like to draw an arc. Yeah, he or... was he was sitting on the ground. He would have been frozen. Yeah. So anyway, he, he has enough time to react do, and go. Yeah, don't oh, forget I he be also here. does the uh, is it cold in here or is it just me thing, and he says good yeah. memory because that was the you know, the parallel at the beginning where you know he did the fire thing. Yeah, uh, but this time it's ice. It's ice. Um, fire yeah. and ice. Oh, this time dear. the good guy's gonna win. So he freezes, he freezes Simon, jumps up onto the arm thing uh, to get off of the floor as the, the fractal pattern moves across things. Uh, he swings around uh, and, and knocks off uh, Simon's head. Um, it's actually quite grotesque. Yeah, uh, and they did a pretty good job at getting uh, that, that sort of popsicle of his head <laughs> to shatter. <laughs> I think that, that worked out pretty well. Yeah, it balances first. There's some, like, 
blood ice that comes out of it and then it fully explodes yeah it's pretty good um you know and, and of course this sort of echoes uh by this point in the early 90s everybody knew that you could freeze a guy with liquid nitrogen or some other substance and then shatter them um and then that of course is is all credit due to uh terminator 2 judgment day uh so they they break simon into itty bitty bits song gets out of there meets back up with uh huxley who's who's dethawed from her glow rod experience or whatever and and they chit chat and he apologizes and stuff and then uh just goes in for the smoochy kiss in front of everybody and then she's like smoochy kissing is great and then she kisses back and it's it's like okay thanks thanks for writing that man um I, i do enjoy that um they made the idea of physical interaction sound super unappealing in the movie by referring to it as fluid transfer yes the, the, yeah, there's nothing. I mean, maybe that's how they convinced all these people to go along with it, because that is just like the worst way to describe anything. Oh, God. Fluids moving from one person <laughs> to another. It's just revolting. <laughs> yeah, he saved the day. He killed a bad guy. Uh, he, he jumped through some uh, metal bars to escape because they were frozen and stuff. And you can do that. And it's alone super awesome of things and that's the end of the cryo prison and I'd presumably like all of the other 80 bad guys that they were defrosting blew up too so he just basically sentenced them all to death because uh he is the law yes different movie um but same but yeah, character <laughs> they had identical um and they they had that model shot of the the building burning so yeah it was <laughs> gotta uh, use that it was interesting. What, which building was that? Was that just a full model? I think it was just a model that they okay. just set on fire. Uh, and I don't know what they use for like the little courtyard area, whatever. But uh, you know, they're gonna have to figure things out, man, and stuff. And then they write off. Yeah. Now, uh, now without some guy teaching us, telling us how to live our life by a set of rules, what are we gonna do? I don't know. We're gonna have to think on our own and come up with our own mutually agreed upon set of rules for society, like some sort of democratic government or something yeah it's the the end then mm-hmm. bad 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 music um but well, yep oh did you like it dan no there's been bad music through the whole movie oh. <laughs> it's not entirely different well i meant i meant bad music with people singing um mm. so uh the, the end so uh are you are you upset that i that i requested that we watch this no no i've seen this before uh, on TV, uh, it's been a while since I've seen the the full version. Which, although I swear I have seen the the full version, um, Amanda swears she's never seen or heard of this movie before. I'm I'm quite sure she must have come in contact with it at some point. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a funnish movie, even if it is ridiculous in basically every way. Yeah, well, I mean that's kind of why it's fun. It's I mean, if I didn't have any, if, if I didn't have any memory of this movie, I probably wouldn't suggest like hey let's watch that or i would be mad if somebody told me that i should watch this so i don't know i don't know if this is the kind of thing you can watch out of the blue now and enjoy i do and well, uh, yeah but you've seen yeah. it though like yeah. if, if you hadn't seen it up until right now yeah. i mean if i was a millennial and i was watching this i'd be like what um because that's just how they are about everything they're just like what like media man no <laughs> it's all youtube man <laughs> World is free, man. Ads are content. Yeah, I, have, uh, I, rent, I rented this on my Apple TV. I, I rented it on Amazon. I rented it on Amazon. How much does it cost on Amazon? 
I'm assuming the same amount, three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they they you seem you can't to watch it on the TV though, can't? Or oh, you got a fire thing? Never mind. I yeah. My TV is on fire, uh, and and also uh, you can you can start watching it earlier in the day uh, if you need to. What? Why? You just have like a busy day. You're you're going around. And you don't have a TV in front of you. Oh yeah, well true. I thought you meant like yeah. there was there was some reason like it's it like pre timed itself or something. Oh no 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 no. I just meant that with uh with Apple rentals like with a with an iPhone running iOS nine. Uh, if you try to uh, rent a movie, uh, it's like oh let me download the whole thing. And you're like no, I just want to watch it. Just stream the movie. And it's like no, you're not. You need to be on Wi-Fi. And it's like but but. Come on, just let me watch like a couple minutes. Yeah, also, Jerk. if you rent it on your phone, then you can't watch it on your TV. Well, that only happens sometimes and sporadically, but enough uh, uh, times that it makes you suspicious about whether or not it's going to be one of those times if you do that. So I thought uh, at this point fun. I just treated it as policy. Wherever you rent it is where you have to watch it. Yeah. Well, it's it seems like, uh, and this also goes for purchases as well, uh, it seems like uh the the rental system um does not really sync up for about 24 hours like there's no guaranteed chance it will sync up like uh what was it when we were watching either star trek be uh, star trek uh 2009 or star trek into darkness i had rented it through itunes and it was like nope and i was like but uh i gotta watch this you jerk Oh, it was Into Darkness. Yeah, that's what it was. And it was just like, I got to watch this, you jerk. Um, and it's like, nope, we're not going to do it. And I was like, please, just let me just let me watch the thing, because I got to do it for the podcast. And it's like, nope, 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 doesn't exist. Not in your purchase history, nowhere. <laughs> You'll never find it. And uh, I, I wound up just renting it again on Amazon, just because I could watch it. And then the next morning, it was in my purchase history. And it's like, do you want to watch your rented movie? And I was just like, F off. <laughs> Yeah, I do not care. Well, at least it'll all be fixed soon. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can listen to it with your headphones. Anyway, this is a joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Jokes are funny. Yeah, jokes are hilarious. Um, maybe in the future we'll just get penalized for making fun of Apple. Uh, our, our, they'll, they'll use that room that they saved inside of the headphone jack spot to just print it like a little ticker tape piece of paper that says stop making fun of apple <laughs> you said something bad about apple here's here's your demerit yeah they'll just they'll they'll charge your uh apple id credit card oh that, that's the whole reason buying apple pay um mm-hmm. is, is that we can we'll just be so closely tied into the system they can just uh take the money right out of our accounts yeah, totally stoked. I put I just got a just got a fresh new credit card added to my Apple Pay so I can use that to quickly and instantly uh buy a new phone on Friday. Remember when you had coin? Oh my god, I just took it out of my wallet uh 2 days ago because uh it's been a while since I tried to use it and now all of my cards are chip cards and I was where was I? Uh I was somewhere. Anyway, I I said uh let me try this. Uh and I swiped in and it said this card is a chip card. I'm like, "Yeah, no." Oh, I was at Target. Mhm. Like, yeah, it's not not gonna work. Yeah, frustratingly, Target replaced all of their their systems with the chip card thing because well, it's totally fine. Like most places are chip card now, but like it it actively is aware and yells at me that the card I need to, the, that I'm using needs to be chipped. Yeah, I know. But what what I'm saying is they they spent all that money putting in that system, and it's not 
NFC compliant, so you can't use your Apple Pay with it. Oh yeah, that no, yeah. that it's, I mean it's still Target. They're still terrible. Yeah, god awful company. Um, but uh, you know, there are a couple places I can use Apple Pay. I like I like being able to use it. I use it. I use it all the time at the Walgreens. Uh, where else do I use it? Restaurants. Use Whole a coffee foods. shop. Coffee shop. Well, we don't have a Whole Foods nearby. Oh. Yeah. We just have our sad Safeway. Oh. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I I heard uh, Safeway does not support the Apple Pays. No, they do not. No. Mm-hmm. Neither neither does the Costco's. But they they added a what was it Visa and stuff and like mm-hmm. I don't know what it was but all of a sudden like every company that I have a credit card with was just like you can use your card at Costco now and I'm just like <laughs> okay I guess like well in the the entire history of Costco you've you've only been able to use American Express or Visa debit and Visa debit has only been recent but uh, not only did they add Visa credit cards, they removed American Express credit cards. So basically you have like one option now. So basically they're saying, please, please, please don't show up at Costco with an American Express card because you'll look really stupid. Oh, I, I, I'm going to just give them like a total surprise of I'm not showing up at a Costco. So there you go. <laughs> you, you don't, uh, you don't shop at the Costco there? No, well, there's not one conveniently located to me. And the nearest one is the one that's in, uh, in Marina del Rey. Um, have you, have you seen or know anything of that location? Is it over by the Home Depot? No, there's, there's no Home Depot there. Uh, it's, uh, the uh, big ticket item in that parking lot. It's a very tiny parking lot. Uh, and there's also an in and out in that parking lot. Um, and so basically it is a giant cluster. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the in and out right there. I thought there was a Home Depot. No, I'm not, I'm not thinking of Home Depot. So the Home Depot is further down there. Oh, yeah. I know where that is. Yes. The cluster. Um, so, yeah. yeah, that doesn't entice me. Uh, the only time I've ever been inside of a uh, Costco was when I was uh, shopping for TVs a few years ago, and I went to the one in Santa Clarita. <laughs> you went all the way to Santa Clarita for a TV? Yeah, day trip. Um, I was like, uh, you know, they're probably going to have some good deals out here, and they're not going to have a lot of people. And there are... There's... <laughs> Wrong. Yeah, well, no, no, they didn't. It was completely empty because it was during the day when I was uh, 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 transitioning between uh, certain mm. forms of employment, uh, and the, uh, the 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 place was like completely deserted. And it's right next to a Sam's Club and a Walmart, and a Best Buy is like less than a mile away. So it's just sort of like your big box haven for for all of this. So did you find did you find what you were looking for? Um. No, I ended up buying a TV from a place in Burbank. Uh, the one, there's a Mimi's Cafe by the by the Best Buy over there. In Burbank or Santa Clarita? Burbank. Hmm. Mimi's. Um, so that's that's where I I went and I got it. It was a plasma Samsung. And our Mimi's closed. Yeah. Did you go to your Mimi's? No, I've only been to Mimi's once. Uh, when uh my aunt suggested it as a good idea and. Uh, ha- after having been to a Mimi's, I don't know why anyone would suggest it as a good idea. It's sort of like, uh, I don't know, Olive Garden esque or mm-hmm. or something. Like, I, it's 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 very bizarre. Uh, or or Coco's. I also don't understand Coco's. Uh, I mean, I'm from the East Coast, so you know we got our weird stuff. We've got Perkins and Village Inn and all that stuff. Oh man, we used to have Perkins out here. Really? Long time ago, I, I had some chocolate chip pancakes and threw up. 
Ew. <laughs> I think there might still be one or two here. Oh, well, watch out for that. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, out here, like the Cocos and the Caros and all, all the weird things that they have in in Southern California don't 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 that appeal to me for any particular reason. But it, but it seems that people who grew up in this area are like, oh, yeah, I used to go there when I was a kid. And it was just like, I don't have that nostalgia. So I'm fine skipping over it entirely. All I remember about Mimi's is they had uh, very large quiches. Uh, you could get um, uh, pastries of sorts. It's quiche. It's quiche. not quiches. No, this. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a French onion soup that was passable. I mean, you just cook onions down. For a really long time, I am a fan of French onion soup. And uh, you have a cheese on top of it. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's really hard to mess it up. Well, the, I mean the the cheese and the bread usually messes it up, and then sometimes the onions taste like a can. But anyway, Mimi's. Yeah. It well, the la- down. The last time I had French onion soup was in the Grand Canyon of all places, <laughs> um, and that that was in. Did the... you just find it in the bottom of the Grand Canyon? No, 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 no. Uh, the the El Tavar Hotel. Uh, which is one of the the few establishments that are that are operating inside of the park, because uh, apparently the national park has contracts with certain like service providers to conduct business there, uh, and they're all terrible, and they basically barely function as eating establishments, and the food they serve is mostly questionable. Uh, have you been inside of the Grand Canyon? It's been a very long time. Yeah. Well, they have like a food court place, and then there's another place in the hotel that's next to our uh, where we stayed at the Altavar, and that place was sort of like, uh, I don't know how to describe it, like Caro's or Coco's or something, but worsely, worse run. And then uh, the Altavar apparently had like the fine dining of the area, and they were well known for their French onion soup, because apparently the menu hasn't changed since like the 1970s. Uh, and... Well, I, I, I'm exaggerating. It's changed, of course, but uh, it's it's very stale, shall we say, in terms of their their ideas about cuisine. Um, a little stodgy and weird. Sounds nothing like Arizona. I'm very surprised to hear you say that. I know. Shocker. Oh, dear. Taco Bell. Arizona. Mm. I could use a quesarito. What if, they it... named, what if they named him Simon Awatuki? <laughs> um, he would have had to come from the valley because the other side of the mountain. <laughs> okay. That's, that's what Awatuki means. So are you saying Simon Phoenix literally had to come from Phoenix? No. If he's not going to be a Phoenix, if he's going to be a Awatuki, that means he has to be from the valley. Oh. Because he is what his name is. So wait, they don't say, do they say Phoenician? If they're talking about people who are from the area? Do they, do they say Awatukan? If they're talking about people for, <laughs> who are from your area? Uh, Awatuki is technically still Phoenix. It is not an actual city. So so you're called, you're, you're a Phoenician. I am a Phoenician. I live in Phoenix. My address is Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. But they, they say Phoenician. Phine- yes. The, like, the natives like the, are. Like the seafaring people. The, yes, the of natives the are Phoenicians. Uh, I don't really know Tempians, Ch- Chandlerians, Scottsdaleans. 
I mean, it's all Phoenix to me, basically. I mean, those are actually different cities. <laughs> you could have fooled me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Awatuki, no, not big enough to be an actual city yet. Oh, so sad. Well, maybe once you get that, that giant thoroughfare that they're yeah. building. Oh, boy, is that a debacle. I actually read a local newspaper recently. Oh, why did you do that? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I was at the bank, and then uh, some, like, 90-year-old lady, like, wandered in without an appointment, so we had to wait, like, an extra 45 minutes before we could talk to the bank lady. Uh, so I actually read our little uh, Awatuki Foothills newspaper, and boy, is that freeway causing troubles. Uh, is it just old people complaining about it, or were there no, actual problems? Basically, I mean, it, they've been planning this thing since the 80s, but uh, one of the freeway off-ramps is going to cover slash obliterate the well that feeds all of Hawatuki. <laughs> so they're trying to find a replacement water source, which is why they've been drilling. I thought they were just doing core samples for the freeway, but they've been drilling like every quarter mile for like the five, six miles of road that is still there, trying to find uh, a, a suitable water replacement. And then, uh, the, you know, they're talking about because there's golf courses here that use 300,000 gallons of water a day or whatever the hell it is. And then one of the golf course guys uh, basically just stopped paying his water bill and owed like $150,000 or something. Uh, but he got sued by the HOAs because as part of the HOA, he has to keep the area looking nice. Uh, and he was able to pay $100,000 back of his $150,000 water bill. But he's going to make installments for the rest of it, but he can't afford it. But the uh, city turned the water back on because they came to some sort of agreement. So the city is financing our water bill now or something like the whole thing is a giant mess right now. It's kind of hilarious in a really depressing way. Oh, property values. How do they work? <laughs> I, I wouldn't bottom know. Li- bottom line is they don't currently have a plan, uh, for how and where we are going to get water from. Well, I mean, maybe you can make like a big cistern. Just hope for the best. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, just cut open all the saguaro cactuses and take all the water. <laughs> I think they said they would pipe and or truck some of it in from North oh. Phoenix, like on the other side of the mountain, which would work out really well. Oh, that's so dumb. Um, no, it would <laughs> we'll cost so like much money. It will just be dry. Yeah. No well, grass anywhere. No. Uh, LA. LA is bizarre. Um because we we have uh as you know uh, a bit of a drought that's been going on multi-year drought uh is it still going yeah uh basically uh and so they they've got a lot of uh patches of brown grass and uh certain areas of town have uh replanted uh to try to optimize for the water requirements that they have and uh beverly hills is like no we're just gonna make signs that say this is why your grass is brown (laughs) it's because of the water restrictions we're just going to blame it on the state. Uh, so that, that's that's nice. I'm really proud of uh, where I live for doing that. And uh, we went down to, uh, to to a certain area south of Los Angeles. They had all of these golf courses. and <laughs> they were there anymore. You can probably say where it was. Well, Palos Verdes. Um, and not that anybody really knows where that is. But it's a little peninsula that sticks out uh, uh, south of Los Angeles. Uh, if you know where Redondo Beach or that is, it's south of that. And uh, north of Long Beach. And uh, so they they have all of these like golf courses and stuff that are that are very green, and then everything around it is brown. And it's like you know, I know you guys aren't just like using rainwater for this, so it's a little sad. Um, should maybe reconsider what you're doing with golf courses. But Trump has a 18 hole golf course down there. Oh, good. Nobody yeah. set it on fire yet. <laughs> no, no. Hmm. 
See, I, 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 I think there is sort of a, a safe haven for people who are uh, maybe perhaps supporting him in that area. <laughs> but who am I to judge? Yeah. <laughs> As we established in the beginning of this podcast, you are you are he who judges. Yeah, I'm just all about equality. That's what I'm about. Equality and water for all. Yes. E pluribus aquam. <laughs> uh boy, that should be the crest for the new San Angeles city. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Um, and and with that, we ride off into the sunset. Gross. <laughs>